everybody and welcome to the House of Mario, the South Australian Nintendo podcast that is backed by 120 Power Star Racing. I'm your host Drew Agnew and the doors to episode 181 are open. This week on the show we're going to be talking about our big card pack opening of the Shining Fates Pokemon TCG. Very exciting wasn't it Bryce? It was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and also a lot of talk about Monster Hunter Rise mm. and much more that's happened over the last two weeks in the Nintendo community. And we're here live on twitch.tv slash idruby, so thank you to everybody that's tuned in. Mm. If you want to check out uh, future sort of recording sessions on the show, be sure to go over there and leave us a follow. You very much appreciated. So, Bryce, over the last couple of weeks, how you been, my friend? Good. Very good. Yes. Mm. Mm. Nice. Yeah, wonderful. Beautiful. So, mm. last week we uh, missed an episode because I got married that weekend. That is correct. And uh, I didn't have any time to run around and talk about Nintendo into these microphones. No, that's right. We were both busy. Yeah, we yeah. had to go and get our shirts ironed. We had to make sure our shoes were nice and polished and all that. We had the bucks and then we also um, had some prior set up to do and stuff like that that was done. Yes. In the in the ending days of the week and work to finish up before that and yeah, so yeah, but it was absolutely I I know from my perspective anyway it was just like a really fantastic weekend I I couldn't <laughs> have asked for anything more. From, no, it was it was brilliant. Yeah, everybody enjoyed that time. Yeah, from my fa- friends and uh, family who all helped put it together. Um, had an absolutely fantastic buck show organised by uh, my five best friends. Um, it was a lot of fun. Went to a, a local brewery, mm. had some local beers, which I mm-hmm. hadn't tried before. And jerky. And jerky. I actually went back and got some jerky. I was in a, I was there the other day and I actually picked some up. Did you? Because I, I noticed the van was parked on the side of the road. I'm like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> so, nice. yeah, really cool. So, um, I guess that's, uh, that is that is my guru geek out of the, of the week again. Just uh, really thankful to... All, all the boys that got together, organised everything. I think it was really nice. We did uh, did some lawn bowls? Yep. Were, yes, we'll, we did. <laughs> yep. We were only talking about it uh, the week before when uh, Meta came on the podcast, and he was talking. Oh, you know, it sounds like an old AM radio type of talk show with like the crackle and that was going on with our Twitter Spaces type of thing. And we delivered a couple of weeks later. We we're actually talking about lawn bowls. You know, very very good bowls, Bryce. <laughs> how, how good at bowls were you? Were you a good bowler? We did all right. Yeah, I reckon. Yeah, it was definitely not one of the weaker ones. No, it was good. No, that was that was left to. Uh, he might listen to it one day. Daniel Treadray. No, oh, Dan. 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 You you let down uh, the team, mate. Dan. <laughs> <laughs> it was Dan, Dan. Dan and Ollie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The rest of us were like try harding the hell out of it. And oh yeah, no, you had to imp- you had to press each other. Mm. Yeah. What people think if you did a bowl that went into the gutter, you wouldn't be able to live that down. No, no, that's right. Yeah, no. I did appreciate it that uh, playing the lawn bowls as well. The pressure wasn't on as much the last time I played. Last time I played, it was like a part of my school curriculum for year twelve PE. <laughs> <laughs> and every bowl you did, you know, the teachers there with the check, the check marks. Mm, yes, mm, no, that was a poor bowl or. The angle wasn't quite right, and there you are, just sweating. Like I really want my, I really want to pass high school, so I don't have to do this year again. <laughs> it's ridiculous, isn't it? But uh, this time, you know, when you're 26, you're allowed to have beers. You have to yell at each other, mm. pay each other out on the podcast the week afterwards. Yeah, it's good. Right, yeah. 
I guess um, in terms in terms of my geek out, I'm I'm, I'm going to just sort of keep with that and expand on it. I think like you know that that was definitely that that weekend was definitely the highlight that we've had for the last two weeks, yeah. with, without without question. You know, we went and enjoyed some uh, locally crafted food, beer, and you know enjoyed some local sport in what we would call lawn bowls uh, by the seaside. <laughs> oh, um, we yeah. we took. Took the video games to the beach house. I settled up up all that prior, so we had some stuff to play when we were there. And you know, we had well, all had a pretty big day, so we had quite an early night. But we had fun playing video games together and just drinking and having a barbecue. And I think um, you know, it, it was a sense of togetherness uh, that you know really really isn't seen outside of you know events like a wedding, I guess. Um, obviously, I. Uh, you know, I, I was there at the altar with my best mate here, and um, I held I held the rings for them, put them in my back pocket, ready to go, uh, pass them off, and um, signed the paperwork, uh, <laughs> did all that, and then um, yeah, we had a good time afterwards, and had a drink, and shared some stories, and it was really you know something that you you don't really get the time to do otherwise. Yeah, you know, everybody makes time for a wedding for what it's worth. So, um, I guess uh, on. On my own behalf, because uh, I'm sure, you know, Drew's got his own things to say about it. But, uh, you know, if if anybody who, who was involved was involved with this, thank you very much for making it happen. Um, it was a beautiful day. And I think I can say for the groom here, you're just a very happy man. Yes. It's very, very <laughs> good. Um, we, had, we had a lot of fun and made a lot of memories. And that was what was... Uh, Absolutely worth it. And uh, also thank you to any of our little community that uh, follows follows both of us on Twitter or what have you. Um, I shared a photo from the House of Mario uh, Twitter page saying everybody say congratulations to Drew. And a lot of people jumped in and said their you know, congratulations, which was uh, absolutely lovely of you guys. Thank you very much. Um, you know, I, I uh, always want the best for this man, so I'm, I'm glad he's very happy. Thank you. And, and uh, you know, just all the messages that came up the day after, and that was just really nice to see, like how um, how good a connection we've got, just with whether it's friends or our community or whatever it is online. It was really nice to see. Yeah, and, yeah that's um, right. It was just like a small wedding, only thirty so people <coughs> on our family farm. So it was just made. It was basically just immediate family, then the bridal party. <laughs> that's <laughs> what it was. And um, going up to it, I wasn't like, I wasn't like, oh yeah, like I'm super excited for this and can't wait. I just wanted to make sure, you know, Chantel had the day of her dreams and that she was happy and, you know, I knew I was going to enjoy it. But on the day itself, I was like, you know what, this is, I'm actually a bit nervous and the butterflies start kicking in and you do get excited. And Mm. it wasn't until like I was writing my vows and um, we did like a bit of a practice where Chantel, you know, pretended to walk up the aisle and, you know, sort of working out exactly what, you know, where everyone needs to be, where everyone needs to go and that I'm like, I'm like, wow, this is, you know, it's getting real. Yeah, it is. Thing. Yeah, and yeah. then like it really sort of set in. And and, and Chantel, the word she's used to the, describe it was just like, you know, it was a perfect weekend. Yeah. And like, I agree with that. And I'm definitely like, oh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it is it is still a stressful time leading up to it no matter what. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, Sean Capri says in the chat, I truly thought Drew was already married with kids. No, that was him. That's actually me. <laughs> like I'm not I'm not married, but uh, you know, I've been engaged for Jesus, uh nearly six years. Nearly six years, yeah. And I have two children. So uh yeah, definitely it was a bit of a shift 
now he's working his way up to my level. <laughs> <laughs> I'm growing up, Bryce. Where's the kids, mate? Hurry up. <laughs> You'll get there. I'm sure I will. <laughs> yeah, but everyone who uh, sent a nice message or whatever on Twitter or at Discord or whatever, thank you very much. Very happy at the moment. Um, and uh, we haven't gone on a honeymoon yet. We just had a couple of days off. But hopefully when um, you know working that settles down a bit more, yeah, maybe in June, August, July, I don't know, somewhere around there. You'll find it. We'll go somewhere. You'll find it. Probably in South Australia so we don't have to worry about borders shutting down and everything else that comes with coronavirus. Yeah. And there's lots of places here you can go. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Lots of beautiful places. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. That's my that's our guru geek out. Yes. Very maybe a very selfish one. Just ourselves, but Well yeah. I mean I think I think everybody enjoyed it just the same. And that's all that really yeah. matters, you know. Everybody had a great weekend and you know, we had a lot of fun. And I think I think that's what weddings are about. They're not just not just about the <laughs> union, you know. I think I think it's about everybody being in the same room and celebrating it. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm. Fantastic. All right. So before we jump into the Nintendo side of things, Bryce, I want to bring up for the first time in a long time, we've got a new Apple podcast review, Bryce. Oh, baby. And it's from uh, Grazy, who is from Australia, a fellow Australian. So thank you very much. And the title is, Two Aussie Lads Worth a Listen. And they left us five stars and they said, These two Aussie gentlemen bang out a great Nintendo listen every week. Two genuine nice guys who clearly have a passion for Nintendo Give them a listen. Wicked. So if you're giving us a listen, thank you very much out there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's what we love. Yeah. And if you enjoy the show, you can also leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Um, it's actually funny. <laughs> I, um, I, had a, I had a nightmare, Bryce. A nightmare. I, I woke up in sweat. I had a nightmare. Someone left us a one-star review. <laughs> and like, not after, like, you know. I checked it and I got, we got a five-star review. So, oh, fuck. Fully dedicated to the craft to the point where you're like, oh, oh, my heart. Oh, my heart. I'm dying. <laughs> oh, no. No. <laughs> All right, bro. So the big game that has released over the last, uh, I guess, a week at this point, it came out the same weekend as our wedding. I haven't yes. had a lot of opportunity to touch it. Um, I've played it for an hour or so. Bryce has played it for the 45 hours, apparently. So yes. he's had his time with it. Good on him. Um, so Bryce will be able to fill us in a lot about Monster Hunter Rise that came to the Nintendo Switch, an exclusive from Capcom, which uh, is probably one of the year's most anticipated titles for the Nintendo Switch, especially yeah. at the moment. because Sold very well. Because at the moment, we're just looking at Mario Golf. It's like, that, that's cool. But uh, yeah, Monster Hunter Rise is definitely up there for a lot of people. Mm, yeah. And judging from its sales too, it's a, a pretty popular title. Mm. Yeah, so four million or something in its first week. Yeah, yeah. so absolutely nuts. <laughs> so just to, before we jump into our thoughts and mainly Bryce's thoughts, um, at the moment on Metacritic for all the reviews uh, put together is sitting at an eighty-seven, and the uh, the user score is a ninety. Sorry, a nine point three. <laughs> yep. So it's looking very good as far as reviews are going. We're yes. doing very well. Yes. Um, there's been a couple of issues as far as like um locking people out of saves and that due to some problems with some of the DLC. If someone bought like a, a couple of gestures, if you equip them, it can potentially lock you out of your save data. Ooh. But, but I think they're um, updating or have updated by the time this comes out. So, okay. Um, Cause I actually went to go and buy the season pass. I'm like, yeah, well that sounds good. 
and, but it just wasn't there. But apparently they sort of took it down because some of that content, some of the gestures are part of that were actually locking, pe- <laughs> locking people's uh, save data. Oof. So it's like, you know, it's still there. So with an update, it'll, it'll fix. It would have been fine. But yeah, so it's th- just it, unfortunate. So it hasn't been a, like a necessarily 100% um, clean launch necessarily, but for the most part, I believe it has. So Bryce, we'll jump to you straight away. What do you think of the title? Brilliant. Brilliant. Absolutely love Amazing. it. Amazing. Yeah. I always talk well, uh, world's praises on this podcast. Um, I think that's, uh, you know, pretty common knowledge at this point that I'm a big fan of World and how how much that ch- that game changed uh, Monster Hunter as a series for yep. me personally. Rise is very much the same. Um, what it, what it does is it does it does take some of the things from older Monster Hunters that can be a little bit prog- problematic, right? Um, like for example, the hub que- the the hub. The hub has its own story to go along, which is something that um, older Monster Hunter titles do and did, and it's a reason that uh, Gen Gen Four U or whatever you want to call it mm. suffers suffers a little bit at the moment because it's too hard to find hunts for anything that aren't high rank. So, you know, if you want to get into Monster Hunter, uh, well, Monster Hunter Rise in particular, it's definitely better off getting into it now while it's fresh because it means that no matter what you will be guaranteed to sort of find lobbies pretty much constantly and you won't have that much trouble climbing, which is good um, for the beginning of its life and a shame for the rest of it. <laughs> um, and the other thing is, is like with a lot of copies going out there now too, though, it's not too hard to just ask your mates and sort of get into it. But uh, yeah, apart from that, um, the multiplayer is fine and the matchmaking is really stellar it's it's better than arguably say it's ever been especially and that's mm. saying something for the switch yeah absolutely <laughs> because um on the switch usually matchmaking can be absolutely awful mm. um but i think i had less trouble finding people in um in rise than i have in world okay right mm, yeah it's definitely very stellar if people drop out now they the slot isn't permanently locked um Till the quest is over, so people can still just rejoin mid quest, which is great. Oh, so it's more like drop in, drop out. Yes, drop in. Sorry, yeah. which is good. Um, it needs to be that way. Yeah. Um, and then you know, uh, oh, something to add to that. I had it in my head there for a second. Oh yeah, the um scaling, the scaling's a lot better than it was in World. So in World, the problem they had is that you had scaling for singles duo. And then four player. So if you were playing with three players, you would automatically be scaled up to four player, which just made the made the hunts harder, and that was kind of irritating because it would just be a time sink. Um, you're already doing, you know, if if you got four players, you're doing four player damage at four player health. But if you're doing it with three players, you're doing three player damage at four player health. Mm. It's it's kind of it just serves to elongate the fights, and it was really confusing why they never bothered to sort of put that in. It made no sense. It used to be this. It used to be that there only used to be two scaling difficulties, which was single player and multiplayer. So if you were only playing with two people, you were playing with a monster that had four player health. Jesus, yeah, yeah bloody hell, yeah. So I'm glad that they've finally fixed up the scaling problem with Rise. Um, it's fantastic. Um, it serves as a fantastic entry to Monster Hunter that's not too confusing and too convoluted. There's a lot of systems, but it does explain them along the way, and they're not all entirely necessary to beat at least the main story before you go like the world the single player story before you go ahead and start doing the multiplayer stuff um the single player stuff is made relatively easy and decent enough to get through that you know you don't have to be 
a complete master of every system. You yep. just need to make yourself a good gear set and then learn how to and learn how a monster works, beat it, and move on. And it's not too bad. Um, Hub quest going forward introduce um, they they go up to higher rank for starters and have another story attached to them. Um, and then you know they've got different monsters in there, harder monsters, higher ranks of monsters, and stuff like that. And it, and it, it does it does culminate to like a, a brilliant multiplayer experience that works quite well. Those fights are definitely much better done in multiplayer, especially with the amount of power and health they have and new moves. So they do change up quite frequently as opposed to whether you'd fight them in single player. Um, and learning those things with friends and playing with friends is definitely good. And I know that Barry Barry come around for a. I'd like to say probably about a four-hour, five-hour session. We sat down on the couch and just played Monster Hunter Rise. That's what we need to do. Yeah, we, yeah, we should. Um, it'd be greater when my TV gets fixed, unfortunately. Um, oh, what happened there? Oh, shit, I haven't told you about that yet. No. Um, a, a crack appeared at the bottom of my screen and slowly crept up. Oh, really? Yeah, so it must have got damaged in transit and it's put a giant black line through the middle of my screen. Oh. So I've had to call Samsung. They're sending a tech to fix it and hopefully they'll just claim it as fault and it'll be on warranty if not it doesn't really matter anyway i've got to fix the tv i'm not yeah you're not gonna just throw it away and buy another one eh? i'm not wasting that money it's a brand new tv mm. so yeah unfortunately i haven't been able to play too much on the tv I did, right okay did did play a little bit which was good um it uh does especially on a large tv like wind which i suppose is going to be more to the blame than anything else on a 65 inch screen it does look a little bit muddy in the textures only because I guess they're trying to, because the game itself performs extremely well. So, and I think they want to keep that, keep it running extremely well because frame drops in Monster Hunter, it's not nice. It's an action game. Yeah. It's very important. <coughs> yeah. So, that, that constant frame rate. Yeah. That's right. So, the textures are a little bit muddy. But apart from that, you know, uh, it's, it's, Definitely still a pretty good looking game, um, which is fantastic. Yeah. I, like, whenever I see it in action and when I played it, I was just like, honestly surprised because. We've almost got that expectation now, especially with third-party games, where you know that is there. There is that bit of a sheen, sort of like Vaseline over it, that type of look. Mm. Like yeah. It's like if you've um, ever played maybe Crash Bandicoot or the Spyro trilogy or whatever, it looks like what it does on Xbox or PlayStation, but it's just like that Vaseline over the screen, which makes it just look that you know just kind of ickier. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. So <laughs> seeing this just looks really nice. Obviously, it is a exclusive game, so they've had you know, most of their resources put into the Switch version. Yeah. So. Yeah. It will be on PC next year as well. But, um, yeah, yeah, for now, for now, this is your only place to play it. And I think it's, a, I, I think it's a great platform to play it personally because it mm. does, it does hold the benefits of the portable Monster Hunters, which is good. But uh, it brings a very world feeling experience to the Switch. Um uh, Ruby Rawlins actually wrote a review for dashgamer.com and I think she put it um, put it very eloquently and that is that it's you know abs- it's it's quintessential it's a quintessential title for the Switch honestly um, if you're looking for something multiplayer something like this is perfect like something that uh, you know the connection e- even if you're sitting on 150 ping 120 ping it's actually not going to affect you that much in Monster Hunter at all I've been playing people from uh, with people from Japan and stuff constantly and i have not had any problems whatsoever with lag or what have you everything's client side which is perfect that's what it needs to be um and you know there's only a few times where connection has actually made a difference in that uh but that's usually during a spike or something like that that's made it really bad um it's definitely not constant 
Um, it's it's used a score of 93. is very well deserving. This is definitely... Um, it's definitely taken a lot of lessons that they've learned from World being uh, Capcom's best-selling game now um, and really integrated it into a portable experience that uh, is very, very friendly on the multiplayer side, um, very fruitful in content for the single-player side, and it's not hard to learn like older Monster Hunters kind of were. So, yeah, it's 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 pretty much a 10 out of 10 in my books in, in terms of a Switch title. Um, the Switch has a lot of multiplayer experiences, um, but most of them sort of boil down to something that Nintendo's crafted because mm-hmm. mostly that's what works. Yeah, a lot of a lot of multiplayer experiences in the Switch's library that aren't even that they aren't made by Nintendo, and in some cases like Smash, where they are, but some reason can't get around the net code and make it work properly. Yeah, um, Monster Hunter Rise definitely does not have this problem at all. That's it, great to hear. Yeah, it's, it's very important for yes, that game. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, it is one hundred percent. It's it, like you know you've got your shelf of multiplayer games where you're like, all right, these are things I can play with friends. Mm. This is definitely something you can do that with. Yeah. So that's brilliant, and I do recommend if if anybody's ever been curious about stepping into Monster Hunter. Um, I've always recommended World as the baseline because I've said, right, like, this is where this is going. No, no matter what, I don't see it ever reverting back to what it was. This this is, yeah, this is a telltale to that. Mm. It takes a lot of what made Rise, uh, what made World great, puts it into Rise and turns it into an experience that anybody can get into and that doesn't feel too clunky um, depending on you know, how much experience you have with the game because it definitely feels clunky when you start because they're big, heavy weapons. Um, but <laughs> literally. Literally, yeah, <laughs> literally clunky. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> literally clunky. But once you get a handle of that, you know, that that's how your skill develops and knowing what you got to do and stuff like that. And that that is the appeal to Monster Hunter is, you know, learning how to navigate your world with these these giant effing weapons mm. and against these giant effing monsters and being able to take them down and, yeah. So, yeah, definitely a fun time, and I'll be I'll be I'll be sick at hundreds of hours into it, no doubt. Um, I'm still planning sets as it is. They've got a content update this month, which is another appealing thing about Monster Hunter Rise, uh, and you know, world and its you know pre- uh, predecessing is that um, up until they decide to either make a new game or make a new expansion, they will release new content for free periodically. So um, you will always be getting updated with new content, much like you would see in Splatoon or ARMS for free. And then if they decide, well, we want to add a whole new story to Rise and stuff like that, that's when they'll make an expansion for it, which will come in the form as DLC. And um, then that's when they will make you pay for it and go, all right, this is pretty much the sequel treated as such. We expect $50 for it or whatever. Yeah. So... Until then, though, you've got plenty of content updates. I think this month is uh, a chameleon elder dragon, which is uh, really different. Um, <laughs> yeah. They, I don't don't think they've ever touched on anything that can use uh, envi- environmental adaption as a mechanic. So that'd be Ooh, interesting. that sounds cool. Yeah. Yeah, like, you know, the, the chameleon blending into their environment and all that stuff with the big long tongue and all that stuff. So, yeah, that'd be interesting. And then uh, the other monster coming this month is uh, Apex Rathalos. So basically really strong Rathalos. Not like Rathalos in this game has to be any stronger. Thanks, Capcom. But <laughs> I'll, I'll take it. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to sort of get into them and see see what happens. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, no, I'm um, really keen to get into this. I've sort of, uh, 
I've been in that mood where I'm just like really craving to play a game because I haven't really played much. So if, if I've only got like an hour, half an hour a night, you know, just go to my staples, which is Mario Kart, Smash Bros, Pokemon, whatever. Which I've noticed. Yeah. It's <laughs> coming up online. Yeah. Yeah. So like and if I've got a little bit of time, because I know like Monster Hunter, I just want like a good amount of time to sit down. And you can I, get a hold of it. Yeah, yeah. And I haven't had that just yet. I've um I sat down with it for like two hours and you know a lot of that was just spent creating my character and then getting through the tutorial so that's pretty much what i um i um <laughs> i've done in the game not much mm. at all but uh i guess just before i start my um thoughts on it um but i did receive the game from nintendo australia so thank you very much to them for providing me a code mm-hmm. um but like just with the character creator i love uh character creation in games but i can like whenever I like start a Monster Hunter game or whatever, I can never get the character looking how I want it to look in Monster Hunter games. Do you do you find that? Do you- I didn't have a problem with this game surprisingly. Yeah, yeah, I got my character looking exactly how I wanted them to. It's just I it's a, how I managed it. <laughs> it gives you like a sort of like the spectrum of like all the colors, for like you know your skin tone and that. I'm like, I'll try and make it look kind of like you know like me. So you know, a bit darker skin, trying to find like what my type of skin is. <laughs> you know, I'm just in there, just like. You could spend like an hour or so just like, all right, mm. is it, yeah. What, yeah. What's my hairstyle? I'm like, no, it's, it's none of these. So I got like this more like an emo haircut with like this, like the side fringe going on. And <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, close enough. And eventually you just sort of, yeah, so that's close enough, whatever. You know, yeah. You're just looking at the back of them most of the time anyway. Yeah. doesn't matter too much. Can you change, can you change them much afterwards? Uh, yeah, I think you can change them anytime. Anytime. Yeah. yeah. So I assume that was the case. I'm like, yeah, okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah, well, you you you, you want to be at a just in case type of thing there because, uh, with World they actually made you pay to change it, which was oh, really? very irritating. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah, but people didn't hold much to it because people just modded instead. So <laughs> nobody gave a shit, and they and they weren't um, disapproving of mods either. Okay. Yeah. On PC, obviously. Yeah, yeah. J- j- just as long as it didn't change anything that would potentially. You know, break the game as long as as long as it was cosmetic only. I think that's all that mattered, really. Yeah. Mm. Um. But no. Uh. Going into that, yeah, I under I understand that it's definitely something you want to spend something like sit down, have a good five hour session with, and then you sort of learn where you're at with it, and um, you can sort of judge how much time you've got. Like, you know, oh, I got an hour break. I could fight a Lagombi or something like that, and. You know, maybe do a little bit of the, bit of this to fill in some time, and you know, you, you'll figure once you get a handle on the game, a hunt only takes fifteen to twenty minutes, so it becomes a lot more of a, I, I guess, uh, some, there's a word in my head for it, <laughs> portioned. There you go. Oh. It becomes a lot more of a portioned experience yeah. then, because you know, <laughs> you know how much time you're going to spend and how much time, you know, approximately you going to need to finish something up. So, mm. yeah, um, I de- so I definitely understand that. It definitely takes, like, a good session of sitting down and getting into it to sort of understand where you're at and, like, what you can achieve things in. And once you've done that, you know how much time you can spend later on doing things. Yeah. Mm. And it's interesting, too, because this is the first game on Switch to be using Catcom's, I guess, a relatively brand-new engine, the RE engine, the that, RE engine yeah. that powered a lot of, um, you know, new games from Capcom, whether it's Resident Evil 7 onwards pretty much and um the first time it's come to switch and it holds up really well unlike you know some other engines that we've seen yeah maybe say the uh frostbite or the whatever oh ea we're using <laughs> type of thing yeah so it's good that it holds up and it's, it's a it's good for future capcom games as well to be looking and performing as well as they do as monster Hunter rise mm, absolutely yeah yeah agree 
So, do you have anything else to say before I move on to the next game? No, I think that's about it. I know, I like, I could talk about it all day, but I don't want to talk about it too much. Yeah. Um, if if you haven't purchased it uh, and you, you're curious, it's definitely worth a purchase. If you've never played a Monster Hunter before, this is the best way to get into it. Um, World was previously, and they carried all those nice things about World that make it easy to approach into Rise, which is fantastic, and uh, it definitely deserves all the praise it's getting. Um, I can't wait to see it expand and sort of become. You know, the big game like World ended up being or, you know, something like that, but in my portable little hand-held console. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm. And, like, the, the sales are just showing that it's uh, oh yeah. there's a high demand for it being 4 million worldwide. I think it was uh, 1.5 million in Japan alone. Obviously, that's where it's going to be going the best. That's where its uh, home market is. But I think uh, for the same time, Monster Hunter World sold about 5 million. So, it's a, it's a million behind that that was on three platforms. Yes, that's right. Yeah. So, well, technically two to begin with in this first week. Oh, I didn't come to PC at launch, did it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but even still, um, you know, setting setting that on, you know, Monster Hunter was, uh, Monster Hunter World was pretty much like the Fire Emblem Awakening of their series for the West. You know, not mm-hmm. like there was there was definitely a niche audience for it in the West, but it definitely didn't get the attention until World came out and brought this really very pretty experience. Um, and, you know, World is something I'll go back and I'll probably, you know, play through that again and have just as much fun with it because, damn, that is such a nice game. But, yeah, it, it definitely gave Monster Hunter the attention it deserved. Um, and now Rise is sort of capitalising off of that on its one platform. So that's pretty good. Yeah. You can definitely say, like, you know, as it would have sold maybe about 2 million units or something like that if it weren't for World, I think. But it's sold double that now. Because because world was so well received in the West and everybody was excited for it, mm. so yeah, I think um, it's definitely in a great place, great great place. Yeah, yeah, I can't wait to get into it more. And it's one of those games that uh, you know content's going to be coming out, so we're going to be talking about it probably yeah. for, for the rest of the year type yeah. of thing. Yeah, for sure. Here and there, unless it turns into Animal Crossing and. God forbid. Did you do the Easter event this Easter, Bryce? Absolutely not. Yeah, I did another. It was bad <laughs> enough the first time around. I don't want to do it again. <laughs> Uh, That's yeah. when I quit Animal Crossing, actually. The Easter that event. early? Was it that early? It? Uh, yeah. That's the first time I quit it. So I quit I quit Animal it only, Crossing. It's only out for like two weeks. Yes. I quit <laughs> I quit Animal Crossing twice during during the time I was playing it. Oh. The first time was during the Easter event. I did not play for six weeks. <laughs> because it, it was just crap. And it just inter, in, intruded with everything I wanted to do in the first two weeks of Animal Crossing. So yeah, I was like, no, I'm not doing this. And then I quit, hung it up for six weeks, picked it back up again, played again, and then quit again. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, tells you a lot, really. Yeah. Don't make anything that impedes your game absolutely significantly. Mm. And also, if anyone out there uh, is into collecting spirits and Smash Bros. Ultimate, go and make sure you get your uh, Monster Hunter Rise spirits in a uh, Smash Bros. They're doing an event for uh, the three um, spirits in there at the moment. So make sure you go and collect them. If cool. you if you like me, like, oh, we got to have them all. Got to have them all. Have them all, spirits. Spirit mon. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I um, I decided to play something a little bit differently because I had like, I had about two hours spare time. And I'm like, mm, all right, let's, let's uh, try an indie game on Switch. And this one uh, caught my eye because it was coming to X- Xbox Game Pass and also noticed it was coming to Switch. And on Switch, it's about... It's almost forty bucks. It's like thirty-seven dollars, and um, being on Game Pass, I'm like, well, that paid for my, a couple of months of subscription right there. <laughs> I got it on Xbox, so I did play this on Xbox, not Switch, but it was a, it's a two D indie game. I'm sure it performs fine on Switch, and that game is No Reader Boy. 
And Narita Boy said it's a 2D adventure game. I don't know if you've seen anything on it, Bryce. But it's a 2D adventure game where you're basically playing. um, It's like a. a, It's it's a really convoluted story. When I was playing it, I'm like, what the hell is going on? I'm like, because it starts off and uh, you're basically walking. You've got no weapons or whatever. And you're just like getting dialogue, talking to different NPCs and that as you're going along. And they're just like filling you with like all of the lore. Like, and like. It's like, oh, these are the outsiders and uh, this is the, this is that. And I'm like, all right, all right, just let me play the game, please. I don't know what's going on here. But um, I'll, I'll read just the blurb from the eShop because um, that will sort of set the story as it goes. So uh, flashback to the 90s. The creator, a genius of his time, creates a video game console called the Narita One with its flagship title being called uh, Narita Boy. And Narita Boy comes a tremendous hit. Copies of the cartridges are flying off of physical shelves worldwide. Within weeks, Narita Boy is the best-selling video game of, time, of all time, critically acclaimed for its power fantasy-wielding techno sword and taking players on a journey like no other. And it starts off basically you're being sucked into the computer and you've got to go through and do some things. Like this, the story is just <laughs> really weird. Because when I read the blurb, I'm like, oh, that sounds really cool. It's kind of like a, you know, inception type of thing, going into, into the game itself and trying to save the world from doing that. But when I actually played the game, I actually I didn't get any of that. I'm like... Okay. <laughs> and I was playing it on stream too and I was just go- going forward and I'm like, oh, I'm stuck here. And I'm like starting to sweat a bit. I'm like, oh God, <laughs> in front of all my friends. <laughs> <laughs> so I got, a, I got a little bit lost in like, it was like a bit convoluted, but oh, I just went through the, I've got to go through the elevator, go through this other door, which I didn't see before because it, you know, I thought it was like the same door. So I went through and that's, it basically, you spend 15 minutes just sort of walking, talking to people, getting story. I'm like, okay, I don't know if, I don't know if I want to keep playing for this. It's a bit convoluted. It's making me, it's making me think too hard, you know, being an adventure game, trying to solve puzzles and that. Mm. But as soon as you got to the point where you actually got your weapon, which was the techno sword, the game becomes a lot more fun. And what sort of uh, drew me to this game to start off with, just with, with its art style. It looks a lot like Hyperlight Drifter or just like, some other just really nice stylized pixel art game. So that's what drew me um, to start off with. But also sort of like the gameplay, it reminded me of Dead Cells and just with like how it looked to use the sword and use your weapons. And Dead Cells is just one of my favorite games on Nintendo Switch, just probably full stop. Just with It just feels so good. Yeah. It's probably one of the best feeling 2D games I've ever played. It just feels amazing. And there's so much variety to each weapons and that, but... But with this sword, it did feel feels a lot like it as well, and you've got some different mechanics in there as um as well for the combat. Like combat is only like a small part of the game. A lot of it is like there's like some puzzles in there where you've got to go and uh find the symbols to bring back to a teleporter, put in those symbols, then it'll take you to where you need to teleport to progress the game and talk to different characters. They they unlock different quests. You've got like a quest log in this game, so it's very much like a Metroidvania game where you're actually like looking to like, oh, yeah, that was back there. I better backtrack, take the key back there, open that door and, um, you know, stuff like that. But um, the combat really, really is uh, something I would like to um, probably come back to the game for. Uh, just like you've got, uh, you know, you're hitting the the B button to do your sword. You can obviously jump. You've got a dash, which you can dash through enemies. So if they're about to hit you, you dash through them, go to your back, continue to hit them. Um, and you've got some, you got another mechanic as well. So you've actually got, if you hit the uh, trigger button, it's like a, it turns your sword basically like comes up and it becomes like a shotgun. And it just like a, does a shotgun blast right in front of them. 
So you can use that for like different combos. You can press the button, shotgun them, you can stun them, then hit them with your sword, then like they come back, um, you dash through them. So it's really kinetic in just the way it plays. It's just a lot of fun. Um, but uh, if you're not into like adventure games, puzzle games, you might not like it so much. Unlike Dead Cells, Dead Cells is just like fight your way through the game. It's going to kick your ass. Don't expect to get through it um, in the first go. You're going to be doing this a lot of times. You're going to be dying a lot of times. But this game is very much like um, an adventure game. You're going from one location to another, doing quests, meeting characters, and uh, a lot of it is just balls to the wall. <laughs> uh, there was like different characters, like ones are my favorite so far. is this giant robot toad. <laughs> it's just like, it doesn't have like toad eyes or a toad face. It's got like a, a computer head, but the rest of him is just like a, like a big toad. <laughs> so it's a really, really awesome design game. So I definitely do suggest um, adding it at least to your wish list. I think uh, $37 might be a bit expensive. It's definitely not a bit expensive if um, if you've got nothing to play and this game looks like the type of experience you're looking for. But if you're anything like me, you've already bought you know a lot of stuff on sale. You might have a PlayStation or an Xbox or something with uh, you know your games from that subscription. So you you don't have <laughs> you don't have like a a whole lot of time to <laughs> put into other games. But mm. I think it's uh, definitely a game worth experiencing. And of, and of course, if you do have Game Pass on PC or Xbox, definitely give it a go. It's a lot of fun. Um, I will be getting back to it, hopefully. But I've got a, I've got a couple of games I really want to play. So obviously Monster Hunter is the big one yep. for just personal reasons and for you know, the Nintendo podcast <laughs> we do here. And the um, multiplayer purpose. Yeah. Mm. Um, if anybody's that- playing Rise, yeah, get in contact with me. I'll play. Yeah, we need to uh, make a channel on the Discord for it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and there's been some pretty good sales on as well, which we'll touch on later. But um, I'm on like a bit of an RPG kick at the moment. I'm just, I'm really craving just turn-based stuff. Um, and on, on Apple Arcade, there's a game called uh, Fantasian, which is made by the creator of um, Final Fantasy. And also, um, I forgot what, what the team was, but... They went on to make um, the last story and stuff on Wii, so it's, oh, okay. it's, it's from that team. Yep, and they've um, made a Apple Arcade exclusive game, and whether it will ever come to other platforms, including Switch, don't know. Don't know what their sort of contract looks like, but um, it, it very much is just a ve- very old-fashioned RPG. Um, even other like RPGs, like Bravely Default Two and stuff, they've got like fast-forward features and features that um make that experience a little bit more tolerable if you haven't, if you're not in the mood for just a hard grind. Mm. Um, this game has none of those features. It's very much <laughs> just an old RPG, you know, your grind. And it's got a really interesting battle mechanic as well. Um, yeah, you select your enemies, what you're going to hit. You've got all your, like, your MP sort of gauges and you know, all the stuff you expect from, you know, the Final Fantasy creator. Um, but you can when you do an attack, you sort of like attack in a certain line. So the character I'm playing as the protagonist, Leo, at the moment, he just has a straight line and um, you can sort of aim, aim it pretty much in a way. So if you do like a throw your sword, you can throw it and it might go through um, certain enemies um, like if you, if you line it up correctly. So you can actually do more damage if you line up your attacks properly instead of just you know choosing characters and all of that. And I noticed as well, later on in the game, more characters that get added to your party have different sort of trajectories. So they might have like a left curve that you can utilize and stuff like that. So it's just a really interesting game. So if you have like an Apple device, I definitely suggest trying that out. I just sort of tinkered with it for a couple of hours last night. And it was a lot of fun. The story seems, um, you know, pretty 
very well, actually very generic for a RPG. It's very much you start off like, oh, where am I? What's going on? I've got to retrace my steps to figure out what's going on. But the, the whole premise of the story is basically uh, these like robots or like the this like I forgot what the actual term they used was, but basically like this technology is taking over the universe there's this big sort of black hole in the sky that's opened up and all of these robots and that are slowly taking over the earth and mm. um you know causing a muck and you basically start off the game by causing explosion up in there because you're you're a treasure hunter you must have been looking for treasure or something don't know i've got amnesia so i don't know um but yeah you're sort of retracing your steps from there and the battle mechanic seems fun and it's just um i'm excited to play it because i don't take my switch to work because my work's dirty, so I don't want my Switch covered in dust and all that type of thing. But I always have my phone there because I've got podcasts and music and it's my phone as well. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So um, that that type of experience just in like a half an hour lunch break, open up an RPG, do some grinding type of thing. Really looking forward to uh, getting into that. And I think a lot of people that are playing it are enjoying it. Um, but yeah, definitely, definitely suggested and maybe have a look out for it if it ever does come to Nintendo Switch. But yeah, it's pretty cool. That's good. Yeah. So, That's interesting. So, yeah, just played a couple of indie games this week. Um, so, yeah. And I'm keen to play. I actually picked up a Atelier Riser 1 on sale. I been I had that in my wish list for a long time because like, it was $90 full price. I'm not paying $90. No. But it's on sale for $45. I'm like, excellent. I've been waiting for that. So, I'm actually really keen to get into that series as well, the Atelier, Atelier Riser series. And, um, I think uh, the, the second game is on sale for another like w- week or so. So um, if I enjoy what I play of like the first few hours, I'll probably jump onto the second one for um, on sale as well. Yeah. So I can have it for the, for the playthrough when I feel like playing it. So yeah, I'll be talking about that eventually as well. That'd be good. Yeah. I'm actually, I'm just really in the mood for just RPGs. So that's what I'm in the mood for. <laughs> so that's what I've been playing. Oh, there you go. Well, there you go. There you go. So, yeah. yeah. So, Bryce, you ready for some uh, news, Bryce? Sure. We've got to uh, cover some uh, things from the previous week as well, but there hasn't been too much in the Nintendo community as of late. No. But, uh, yeah, let's jump into it. Woohoo! Yeah! Is that all? Hi, five news. My friends. Woohoo! My body is still all right, Bryce, so this first one is from Nintendo Enthusiast. And let's move that beer out of the way so I don't knock that bad boy no, out. No, you've already done that before. So I actually uh, haven't heard of this one when I was going through, but this might be an interesting story or it might just be a dud. I don't know. But anyway, it's from Nintendo Enthusiast and the title is Tokyo Olympics scrapped a proposal including the appearance of Mario. So back in 2016, the Olympic Games took place in Rio. At the end of the huge sporting event, the next country is traditionally revealed during the closing ceremony. You may remember that Japan then Prime Minister uh, Shinzo Abe appeared. <laughs> Shinzo Abe? Shinzo Abe. Abe. Okay, thank you, Bros. Appeared uh, dressed as Mario during the 2016 event and acted as the mascot for the announcement of the Tokyo Olympic Games 2020. However, the uh, COVID-19 pandemic delayed the Olympic Games to this year and the event is now expected to take place from Friday, uh, July uh, 23rd, 2021 until Sunday, August 8th, 2021. Interesting, there were talks to include Mario again during the main event, but unfortunately, the plans were scrapped. 
Uh, Nintendo Everything was able to obtain the scrapped proposal for the, Olympi <laughs> the Tokyo Olympics, which featured 8-bit Mario. The proposal is uh, roughly 300 pages long, and Mario was intended to close the opening ceremony of the uh, Tokyo's Olympic Games. Nintendo is a huge part of Japan's video game industry, and that's the country's culture, so perhaps there will be a chance for the plumber to appear elsewhere. Although the proposal didn't see the light of day, we still don't know what to expect from the Olympics. The games are only a few months away, and the planning committee is likely finalizing some of the aspects for the opening ceremony. In the meantime, Mario is still technically representing the Olympics through Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games Tokyo 2020. Uh, would anyone like to see some Nintendo representation in the uh, Tokyo 2020 Olympics? And what would you like to see? So thank you for the uh, the article from Nintendo Enthusiast. I actually hadn't seen this anywhere else, but um, I think uh, as far far as um, representing video games from Nintendo at the uh, <laughs> at the uh, Olympic Games, I think Mario is just like a, an obvious one. I don't think anyone else would be suitable to represent you know Japan culture as far as like technology and video games. But isn't Mario? Maybe like you know, you got Hello Kitty and some, maybe even Pikachu or something like that. But Little Mac, <laughs> boxes. Yeah, just like Little Mac. Yeah, well, everyone loves Little Mac. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, uh, they're going to have a representation for a lot of things there. I'm pretty sure um, Goku's the anime representative that they've got. Yeah, well, that makes a lot of sense. I'm pretty sure that's been... Uh, it, it was in the rumor mill for some time, but I'm pretty sure it's actually pretty close to being 100% confirmed. Um he was supposed to be a mascot of of the Olympics, which you know, considering what come what's come out of Japan and is is worldwide recognized, video games and anime are definitely their largest cultural export in terms, I guess. So, yeah, um, so I guess it might be a little bit disappointing to see this, and that you know he wouldn't be closing the ceremony, but. I think Japan is more than just video games and anime. Yeah, if that makes sense. Of, of course, it's more than that. <clears throat> yeah, but I feel like a lot of people, a lot of people that do read these things, take that on board, and they're just like, "Oh, well, Mario, you know, Mario and anime and like all these things or whatever subject they're particularly passionate about." And they're just like, "Oh, you know, that's why I know about Japan." Yep, <laughs> especially in our space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I'm like, "No, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I know that Japan of." Japan historically, you know, they've had a they've had a terrible history in terms of you know wars and like all that stuff as well, and that's why a lot of old generations, you know, that at least we're connected to know them is that the Japanese were very aggressive people and they weren't great in the war, they weren't very nice. But you know, these days I think what's interesting about Japanese history is how far they've come from it. Not so much that you know they they're creating things that are now recognizable along along the world. You know, um, so I think I think it's very important they don't just pay tribute to these things as well. And if Mario misses out on that cue, then that's fine. But um, yeah, I think I think it's more important to respect the uh, culture of Japan and you know its history and the things it did right. And you know, yeah. yeah. Um, so if Mario doesn't end up in there, that that sucks. But I'm sure he'll turn up. Yeah, we'll still be able to watch the freestyle, so that's all that matters. Eh? <laughs> Chili jogs and energy drink. <laughs> I hadn't heard of this one before either, Bryce, so let's move on. So sticking with Nintendo Enthusiast, uh, the title is Not a Joke. G Fuel announces Sanic Chili Dog Energy Drink. 
And I don't know if you've seen this, Bryce. I might actually get you to read it because you love your memes. You love your G Fuel. It gets you amped in the morning. Oh, dear God. Do you, do you, would you like to read this for us? If this really isn't a joke. <laughs> oh. I've got no idea if, it, if it's not, but. Not a joke. G Fuel announces Sanic Chili Dogs energy drink. This is actually real by Arthur Damien. Um, back in 2020, G Fuel introduced a Sonic Peach Rings energy drink. It was a great idea, combining a beverage with a flavor that brings Sonic's gold rings to mind. How in the world would a company possibly top that with a Sonic Chili Dogs flavor, of course? Yes, G Fuel is indeed <laughs> creating a variant of its refreshment with its meme as a mascot. When was this posted? Three days ago? This could be a joke. Check out the insane announcement of the concoction below. Appetizing, the drink promises to taste like chili dogs with its 18 different fruit extracts. Customers who are curious about what this tastes like can go on pre-order on the pre-order waitlist for $39.99. Fans can obtain the limited edition Sanic bundle. <laughs> it comes with a 47 Sanic chili dogs tub, 16 ounce uh, Sanic shaker cup, and an additional 40 serving Sonic peach rings tub add-on. Yeah, so that that was like a a real one that was introduced like a few months ago. Yeah. Um, uh, customers who are curious about what it tastes like can join the pre-order waitlist for thirty thirty nine ninety nine. Fans can obtain the limited edition Sonic bundle. Comes with a yeah, I said that the bundle will start shipping this June. Here is what Michael Cisneros, manager of licensing for Sega America, had to say about this collaboration with G Fuel. <laughs> After the runaway success of G Fuel's Sonic Petering's flavor, Sega and G Fuel sat in a room. Together, virtual, of course, and try to figure out this one ourselves. Uh, figure out how to one-up um, ourselves. After much deliberation, someone jokingly said, what about a chili dog flavor to which we all kind of laughed and then latched to this simple, simplistic <laughs> brilliance? I mean, who doesn't <laughs> want to drink a chili dog? This has to be a joke. No. i got no idea. I don't believe this whatsoever. There's no comments on it either, so. I am, I am Google. You fact-checked that, bad boy. I'm fact-checking Bobby that. Bobby Bobby Miller in the, yeah, the, the chat says, that's nasty. Reminds me of the craft beers with chocolate and coffee. <laughs> yeah. Which we actually had the other weekend. Yes, we did. We had like a blueberry chocolate beer. Was that any good, by the way? No. Yeah, no, it was a bit. It's a bit how you going. A bit how you going. No, this has to be a joke. <laughs> has to be. Yeah, it, it sounds. Uh, no, like I can't see it anywhere, so it has to be a joke. <laughs> Pink drip, Bobby Boysenberry, ice shatter. Yeah, no, scorpions. Because when I saw it, I'm like, I don't even care if it's a joke. I just want to talk about that on the podcast. Like, <laughs> like Sonic Sonic's peach rings is here. Like it, it's still a product, but yeah. No fucking way. Well, I tell you what, let's I'm gonna click on that video they provided here. It's from G Fuel. We'll go to the comments on there. This is gonna be a good review, <coughs> lol. Someone says, I know it's an April Fool's joke, but I want this to be real. Because <laughs> I was about to say, like they've even got to a monster hunter. Themed one coming. Oh, do they? Yeah. Uh, Mega Potion. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Mega Potion. So, um, yeah, they do have they do have something coming. It's definitely not chili dog flavor. But <laughs> your entire Audible shape, sh- uh, ship with this pre-order late April 2021. I'm trying to figure out. 
In the world, okay, here's an actual G Fuel announcement for you. In a world where deadly monsters await you at every turn, only the most skilled and cunning of hunters will survive. And to survive, you will need all the tools you can help you can get. A trusty Palamute companion, a wire bug tool, and of course your... Wow, they really forgot about the Palico. Your G Fuel Mega Potion Tub, an exotic mouth-rotting mango jackfruit flavor. Oh, yeah, I love some jackfruit. Jackfruit. Inspired by Capcom's action RPG Monster Hunter Rise. So they are actually... Bringing something out that is not fucking Sanic Chili Dog. Thank God. I tell you what, every every week we'd sit down here, we'd drink Sanic Chili Dogs. If it, if it fucking came out, I would drink it on the show as a joke and review it. <sighs> chili Dog flavor, that. Chili Dog flavor. I could not think it like... I, I've, I've had chili in a lot of things. I've had it in chocolate. I've had it in beer. In guana flavored energy drink. <laughs> No. Fueled with caffeine. Chupy caffeine? No. It's a bit much. Yeah. Let's move on from that one. Especially hot dog. <laughs> Try getting drinking hot dog flavoured water. Uh, <laughs> oh. Yeah, revolting. Ugh. All right. So this one is from gamesindustry.biz, and this is something that caught my attention. And um, while I didn't get a pre-order in, it is uh, sad for those that did pre-order. So the analog pocket is delayed to October, and this was basically a premium... Game Boy that plays Game Boy, Game Boy Color, Game Boy Advance, and also has other adapters in that that you can play Neo Geo, Sega, um, Master System, just like all, all sorts of uh, uh, consoles there. So the article from uh, gamesindustry.biz reads, Analog announced his upcoming pocket retro handheld has been delayed, with shipments not expected into the start of October. In a blog post, the company attributed the delay to supply chain challenges outside of our control. Uh, specifically, Analog referred to the shortage in key electronic components, including semiconductor chips. It also uh, pointed to logistical issues caused by the ship that blocked the Suez Canal, uh, which, uh, which, while now freed, has created a backlog of cargo ships that could take months to clear. Quote, We're working hard to get Pocket out as fast as possible, and we appreciate your understanding and patience. Uh, the company wrote, emails are being sent to those who pre-ordered with offers of full refund available if needed. So I'm going to say, get your refund so I can uh, open up a few more pre-orders for old Drewy here. <laughs> old Drewy couldn't get in after, like, I was I was there on the dot analog. I was there on the buddy dot. He didn't let me pre-order one. Don't listen to the boy. See, he'd be fine without it. What the hell did you say, mate? <laughs> he'd be fine without it. Don't worry. <laughs> Just, oh, I, need my, I need my Game Boy. <laughs> <laughs> you just went and modded one. You'd be fine. Yeah, but don't play on the TV. Anyway, um, Analog Pocket is a handheld game device that will be able to read cartridges originally released for various Game Boy models, as well as the Game Boy, uh, oh, sorry, as well as the Game Gear, Linux, Neo Geo Pocket, Color, although these will require adapters which are sold separately. It was due to ship in May 2021 with already a delay from the original planned release on. Um, in uh sorry 2020 so just uh, a bit of sad news for anyone who out there who's a big retro nut who pre-ordered mm. one of these bad boys yeah um bit of a wait there but you know it's how it is it's how it is <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> i don't know why they put these things these things up for pre-order like here's the thing is like when you talk to me about them originally you're like oh yeah you know you're really excited about it and everything but then you know they sold out really quick and then you Went to pre-order them again. They sold out really quick. And each time they seem to take fucking forever. Like they're taking way too many pre-orders than they can handle. Like I think, I think that's the problem. Mm. So Bryce, 
uh, speaking of other uh, unfortunate news, so um, did you know that Mario actually died? Yeah, he did. Uh, at, at the end of last month? Public execution. Yeah, so uh, we all knew that 3D All-Stars was going to be removed, that uh, Mario 35 on the Nintendo Switch Online was going to be removed. All of these uh, celebration anniversary products were going to be taken off of uh, Nintendo's stores and all of that. Mm. Um which is just a goddamn shame. Mario, yeah. Mario was a good guy, but now, now he's a uh, dead. He's passed away. He's passed away. The House of Mario is now just a memorial podcast about good old Mario. The House podcast. Yeah, it's just the house now. <laughs> good day, everybody. Welcome to the house. I'm yeah, Dr- Drew. Who's Mario? Yeah, I don't know. Don't know, bros. But um, some scalpers have a sort of made some uh, big accusations about sort of the demand of uh, what 3D All-Stars um, will be being worth. So this article is from Nintendo Life. And the uh, the article reads, the Super Mario 3D All-Stars collection is no longer for sale. And sure enough, the prices of physical copies are being are, be- are beginning to surge online. Some scalpers are now requesting hundreds or even thousands of dollars for individual copies of Nintendo's limited release on websites such as uh, eBay. Switch uh, subreddit user Tommy uh, Frickster789 explains how prices for the new but essentially second-hand copies are already sold out. And a quote from Tommy, I saw someone selling it for (laughs) $10,000. There was already someone else selling it at $1,000 and another person selling it at $130. End quote. So a lot of scalpers really trying to uh, get, uh, get this Get some good money for this game. It's a bunch of shit. So if, if anybody out there pays $10,000 for a copy of All-Stars... All reevaluate your life. Do that, but also send me a DM. I've got a copy. I'll happily send it to you for $10,000. Yeah, that's exactly right. Or or $1,000. I'll be more than happy. Obviously, if that's not in your financial position to do that. I bought a physical copy. Um, I was talking about this on Blowcart Pod, which, by the way, I'll, I'll shout that out right here because this is actually pretty relevant. We were talking about emulation versus uh, virtual console on uh, the Blowing Cartridges podcast hosted by uh, Brendan Tam and Zach. Yes. And... Um, yeah, we had a really good talk about this. So uh, if you're interested more in this subject, you can go over there and listen to them too. Uh, and me, for that matter, you know. <laughs> Don't listen to I'm over there too. Take if you like being here because talks. I'm here, well, uh, there you go. Anyway, um, so yeah, <laughs> check it out, Blowing Cartridges Podcast. Uh, it's on, I think, just SoundCloud at the moment. No, it's, it's, it's just podcast services, bro. Podcast you know, services. You don't have to point at every single one. I guess so, but you know they might want to look, look for it on Spotify and they Apple can't podcast? find it. Well, that's right. That's that, that's that to Brendan. That's a fuck up on his behalf if it's not on Spotify. <laughs> Don't put that on you, my friend. I'm just giving him the option. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. So um, we did talk about it, and um, you know, I think ultimately, uh, ultimately, you know, we'd all, we'd all come down to this. We sort of listened to it, and it's just like thinking about the scalpers and everything. But this is why I own a physical copy of this game, right? Is I bought two. I've got a digital one and I've got a physical one. I bought the digital one because I don't intend to touch my physical one until I'm literally unable to pick up my, my digital one. Like, it's just gone. It's just disappeared. It's just kaput. Like, I can't find it anymore whatsoever. So, mine's still in its wrapping. I don't intend to sell it. Unless somebody's going to come up to me and be like, I'll give you $10,000 and my largest pig from my sty. I'm, I don't care. Like... I'm not going to take it as a legitimate sale, like at all. 
because I know that it's more than likely not going to be a legitimate sale. There is still a lot of copies of this roaming around out in the wild, whether it be at stores or secondhand sales. Yeah, yeah. They'll have it. They'll have enough for a little bit, unless people go nuts. Which uh, <laughs> I'm just pulling this from uh, gamesindustry.biz, and apparently uh, physical sales for Mario 3D All-Stars went up um, 176%. <laughs> because so it just goes to show that this uh, tactic by Nintendo, you know, to get everyone to buy it straight away to, you know, it looks good in their books because everyone's rushing to buy it as like, as quick as possible. It shows that it's working. They say they're pulling it away. So people are like, all right, I'm going to buy a digital copy, a physical copy, maybe even a second physical copy. Just be like, all right, I'm going to sell this to my friend and really rip him off. <laughs> mm. See, the problem, the problem is, is these days it's a scalping world and it's really sad. Yeah. You know, it's not just happening with video games. It's happening with Pokemon cards. It's fucking happened with toilet paper, for fuck's sake. Yeah, yeah, literally. Like, literally, <laughs> uh, it happened with Switch consoles last year. Yeah. People were buying the absolute shit out of them, and they completely went out of stock. Some people were going out of their way as to buy, you know, the people that had money for it. Hundreds yeah, of right, Switch consoles. I mean, it's happening right now with PlayStation 5. Like, why? It's yeah, you extent. cannot get a PlayStation 5 console. Ridiculous. I just want a digital edition one so I can say I've got both. I'm like, cool, now I'm covered. I've got the collection. <laughs> I don't I don't want this. Like I don't I don't want all this crap. It makes no sense as to why people have got to be so ridiculous. Like they're making a profit. Wasn't there like you can read on the back of a chip packet, right? Not for retail sale. On the back of a photo frog even. Yeah. Yeah. You can fucking read that on the back of a chip packet. How is this any more legal? Yeah, and all those charities, buddy, scalping those Fredo frogs, they're selling them for $2 a pop when it clearly says no resale value on the back. How is this Bloody legal? Hell. It says it on oh. there. It says it fucking on there that you're not allowed to do this shit and you can get in trouble for it. Mm. So why the fuck isn't this so a thing? Is, is that our option? We've got to start from the bottom. So if there's No, bit- they've got to take these fucking listings off eBay that are like, here, you can buy my copy of fucking three Mario games that have been available for years and you can put them on an emulator and you can buy my copy of that for 25 grand it's like 25 grand jeez you serious you wouldn't you know that people do that shit oh yeah well like so if if, if there's someone out does this is how i feel about scalping for, for the most part like with with like say uh the switch or the playstation when it comes out it's really hard to get obviously the pandemic the chips shortage at the moment has just been, you know, just made really hard logistically for these devices to get into people's hands. It, it does suck when there are people out there who are like, all right, I want to go and buy this store, put it in my truck and go and sell them for double price. That is crap. But when it's a situation like this, where there's like plenty of the games, you had plenty of time to download the game. You can download it. You, you could have downloaded it at any point over the last four months. Mm. So you definitely have a means to play it, even if you don't have a physical copy. But the physical copy was out and about everywhere. So, and, you know, if you're sort of clued in on sort of Nintendo sort of, you know, ecosystem, you know that this game was going away, even though that was a, a pretty ordinary decision by Nintendo. But if you wanted it, you could have got it. Mm. But if someone out there is like, oh, shit, I didn't get it. Oh, oh, I'm, oh I need it. Oh, he's 10 grand. If, if they're willing to pay 10 grand, that's, that's on them. <laughs> if someone's going to, if someone's like, oh, oh, I need it. I'm like, oh, well, how much are you going to? Sell it for so like, well. Yeah, but see, I'll the, give you two grand. Well, well the, the problem, more than welcome to have it, my but, friend. For but two the grand. problem with that is, though, is that they are legitimately creating an artificial shortage by taking that right away from people buying it. 
just because it's limited release. So people are going out there and instead of just buying their reasonable, oh, I will buy one for me and one for my son or something like that. Yeah. They're like, now I will buy them for each person in my street and I will sell it for a profit. That's fucking stupid. Like, and it shouldn't happen. And that's, you know, that's merchanting to a, a fucking absolutely shocking degree. You are going to hell, like, if you do this shit. Just for wow. that. Wow. If you're doing that for your, for that particular purpose, if you're doing it for your own collection, fine. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. If you're getting your enjoyment out of it, fine. But doing it, walking into a store, going to a shelf, picking up 10 copies of Super Mario All-Star, putting it on a counter and then getting each single one, putting it in your bag, going home, and then going home and making a fucking post on eBay, selling for $200 each, you're a fuckwit. Yeah, definitely. You are a fuckwit. You are doing nothing but profiteering <laughs> off of people's fucking poor misfortune. Yeah. So how, how excited were we in 2017 getting our Switches and whatever? Like, I'm sure people felt the same about the PlayStation, the Xbox, Series X, whatever. Mm. Going in, it's like, oh, there's none left. Why? Because this guy bought the f- five. Yes. <laughs> it's like, like, why? Why? Like, and again, yeah, the PlayStation 5, it's just like, I'm at that point where I'm like, right, if I find one for $550, I'm probably going to fucking purchase it. And, you know, $550, obviously I'm talking about the digital one, right? Because I don't really want a physical one. I kind of just want it for the exclusives. Mm. So, whereas the Xbox is going to carry most of my third parties or whatever, so I'm not that fussed. So, if that's the case, like, if I find it for retail price, I'm going to buy it. I'm not going to fucking sell it, though. I'm going to hold on to it and I'm going to use it as an actual console. I'm not going to be the dickhead that comes home and goes, $2,000, PlayStation, PlayStation, $2,000. And sold. And it probably will. And that's the fucking sad thing. People, stop fucking supporting scalpers. Be like that one guy on Reddit that I saw that had said to a scalper, oh, yeah, I'll buy your PlayStation PlayStation for $1,200. Made him drive two hours. And then said, I'm not fucking buying that off of you for $1,200, you clown. <laughs> that is awesome. I haven't heard that. He said something along the lines of like, oh, yeah, I've got a really small red bike. You'll see me. I've got red hair as well. And then it's just like, oh, no, I can't see it. It's like, that's because I'm not bucket. That's because you're not looking at yourself, you fucking clown. I'm not fucking paying $1,200 for that shit. It's a fucking PlayStation. It's not a fucking play. It's not a fucking PC. It's not, it's oh, here we go. With a fucking. <laughs> here we go. Hang on, hang on. It's not a fucking PC that it's like fucking high end work grade fucking, you know, $3,000 with your fucking. Oh, here we go. RTX, do fucking SLI RTXs, fucking all that shit. That's kind of shit you could buy with $1,200. We're, we're getting you revved up, Bryce. You, you just said like 25 fucks. Yes. In that one sentence, I That's reckon. exactly right. Jesus. No, because I fuck. Uh, I hate. I hate <laughs> scalping, man. I hate it. I hate how people are. I hate. I hate that it's come to this. I know COVID's put us on hard times, but you're just making it worse for people around you. You're not just. You know. You might. You might save yourself. You know. Get yourself a bit of whatever, but in these times, and especially last year, as in those times when we were all fucked. I think it's like really important to stand by your fellow man. This is not doing anything. This is just making it harder for five other people around you to get what they want. Then they're spending that money and then putting themselves in hard times because they can't control themselves. Yeah. 
So you're literally ruining people's lives by being a scalper. I mean, in, in 2020 especially, it's like, this year was shit. I just want to get my PlayStation and... Play a video game. I just want to play Demon Souls and just kind of forget about shit. Is that, yeah, is it really that hard to think that way? Yeah, so that, that's all you want. You just can't get it because someone's like, yeah, I want an extra... I want, that, I want to make 200 bucks out of it. So there has to be law changes or something around this. Like, you know, it just seems ridiculous. Yeah. You know? I don't know, bros. Um, Sean in the chat, he's... Oh, I laugh at this. He said, Nintendo gave us no choice. We're the victims. <laughs> gave us no choice. We had to re- we had to resort to the scalping. <laughs> there was no choice. <laughs> oh. God forbid we just go, all right, well, we'll just save our money. <laughs> Buy a digital copy. Be fine. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Robbie Bobby Miller. I, I have an uh, Xbox Series X and PS5 disc. So hopefully you're not selling that for a double no. the price. I just want the PlayStation Digital because like as nice... The good thing about, I guess, the PlayStation Digital Edition is that it just removes the disc drive and it doesn't change anything else. Whereas with the series, with the, with the Series S and X, it does. It is like such a dramatic difference. Yeah. So the way I saw it is like, well, Series X, I'll get because obviously it's a dramatic difference change, and then PlayStation, I'm, I don't intend to play all of my titles there on PlayStation. I'll probably play some like free to play shit or whatever if if people are in the demand for it, and then I'll play exclusives on that console as opposed to the Xbox where I'll just buy things instead because mm-hmm. there's a better value for money going there in terms of like Game Pass and all that stuff. So I'd like to support that more. Mm-hmm. I'm saying pretty much it. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. So anyway. So, turn into a bit of a scalper rant. Got Bryce pretty riled up. Look at the sweat beating off his forehead here. Jesus. Oh, mate, they make me angry. Scalpers. Scalpers, Scalpers make me angry. All right, so a bit of a, a bit of a fun one before we uh, jump into the last bit of the episode, Bryce. Cool. So this is from uh, Nintendo Life, and the article is, someone made the world's largest Nintendo Switch, and it actually works. So yeah, is, I saw this. This is awesome. Yeah, so this is written by Liam Doolan, and the article reads, ever wondered what it would be like to play a gigantic Nintendo Switch? Well, so did Michael. The casual uh, engineer, uh, casual em- engineer pick, so he decided to build a fully functioning one. Um, all of the buttons work and even powered by a regular size Switch Joy-Con, which can be easily replaced if, if necessary. Uh, along with this is a 4K display. Um, in the video above, Michael... Uh, goes into specifics about how exactly he went about this. The 3D buttons on it were printed, uh, for example. Uh, all up, the gigantic Nintendo Switch is uh, 30 inches by uh, 70 inches, weighs 29.48 kilograms, and is apparently 150 times bigger than the standard unit. Um, it's all for a good cause as well, with Michael donating to St. Jude's uh, Children's Hospital. Great job, Michael. Now, who's who's ready for a round of Mario Kart 8 Deluxe on this? So, as you, as you can see from like the video and sort of the uh, the photos put onto Reddit and stuff, we'll be sure to leave a uh, um, a link to the video in the podcast show notes. But um, definitely a cool little project that uh, Michael worked on here. And I saw uh, early in the week, uh, Jamie Penning actually linked me to this and. Hopefully, it's what we get with the Switch Pro. Something that big, you reckon, Bros? No, <laughs> yes. I'm joking, obviously. But <laughs> My hands are huge. So, you've got big hands. Are they that big? No. No. It's a big Switch. I might be able to play Twister and play Mario Kart, but, man, that's about <laughs> it. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, that's all the that's all the news. We didn't miss too much, did we, Bryce, over the no, last uh, really. missing been, an episode? It's been quite quiet. There was some sort of uh, more rumours and more sort of uh, concrete information about you know, the Switch Pro and stuff, but you know what? We're going to get what we get. 
We don't have to worry about that. No. Yeah, you're up. <laughs> Thank you, Bryce. Dead on. Yeah. So, Bryce, let's uh, go into the House of Mario's Red Coin recommendations for this week. Cool. We'll end the episode there. So a couple of games came out this week, Bryce, which uh, I would like to highlight here on the show. Um, but uh, some... Oh. <laughs> just, just, you are right there? Oh, I just uh, sort of lost my way. So uh, the first one, which I uh, mentioned before, was uh, No Reader Boy. Definitely go and check that one out, as we talked about at the start of the show. And um, some of the other ones were just like some of the sales and all that that I uh, had linked up here. So there's a lot of uh, sort of Nintendo games on sale at the moment as well. So Splatoon 2, Mario Party, Yoshi's Crafted World, uh, New Super Mario Bros. U Deluxe are all on sale. So go and check them out if you're missing any of the first party games. Also, there was a... One that I mentioned too. There was a... What's that, what's that Kirby game? Kirby came out in like 2018. Star Allies. Yeah, Star Allies. Actually, mm-hmm. I hadn't got that game. I'm like, oh, should I get that game for 50 bucks? And... Uh, the ultimate decision was no. No, I should not. There's a lot of good games on there at the moment that are relatively cheap. Like, I'm thinking about grabbing Overwatch just, just for a bit of shooty time every now and then. Yeah, so that it's would like be... 30 bucks. Yeah, it'd be a good pick up on Switch. Um, Among Us is on Switch, uh, on sale as well. 20% off. You can pick up ARMS for $53 if you're... If you've missed ARMS, if you're a brand new Switch owner. It might be worth... Pick- would it be worth picking up in 2021, ARMS? I don't know. I don't know what the player base is like. It so, wouldn't be much. It, no, it doesn't. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of hard. Like, I love ARMS and its world, and then, I, like, I, I sort of recommend anybody sort of looking into it and having fun with it, but, yeah. As for an actual purchase and, like, trying to get into it as a one of your main main games, yeah, I don't know, man. Yeah. Mm. A bit difficult. It's yeah. fun, though. It's fun. As far as, as far as sales go, there's over a thousand games on sale at the moment. Um, there was a big sort of a multiplayer sale um, going on if you're in the mood for some yeah, multiplayer huge. games. And that included stuff like Splatoon 2, Diablo 3. Um, Overwatch. Know, yeah, Overwatch. Some big titles in there. Um, but I, as I said before, I picked up uh, Atelier Riser, the first one in the series, not the second one just yet. But I'm keen to get into that one. Um, it's uh, 50% off at the moment. So um, pretty good deal instead of the $90 to start off with. And uh, the Bioshock collection as well. This was on sale not too long ago, but it's actually on sale more now. So it was like 50% before. Now it's 60% off. There you go. I'm like, I um, I just picked up Bioshock 1. I'm, I've been meaning to actually play through that game. And um, when the collection came on sale again, I'm like, all right, I'll just buy um, Infinite now as well. It's like $13. So pretty, a pretty good pickup if you haven't played that game before or you just want to play it in handheld mode. <clears throat> yeah. But um, Bryce, you had one on here. I uh, you wanted to bring up. Yeah. Was, was it Stick Fight the game? Yes, Stick Fight the game. So, so I click on that. There you go, mate. Stick Fight the game. What is Stick Fight the game, Bryce? It looks. It actually looks kind of fun. But so, so this game is nine dollars, guys, and I purchased it on Steam for five. And honestly, it's just it's just funny. It's funny. Like it's it's four player. You can play it online even. Um, I actually think. No, I don't have it on Switch yet. I will get it on Switch though. Um, it is basically just you and up to four other people. You can play online again, whatever. You've got environments around you that have different scenarios, do different things, and it's just you've got to kill whoever else is on the screen. Yeah. Right. Your stick man's got some ra- ragdoll physics. Sometimes some guns will drop. Sometimes the environment will change, and you'll have to 
platformy way out of things and stuff like that. It's quick shot rounds, so rounds only last as long as 15 to 20 seconds at absolute most and probably five seconds at the fastest. Wow, okay. And you can basically <laughs> just go round to round to round to round until eventually you get to a score or something like that and somebody's like, cool, you win. Or cool, I lost. Or cool, I won and lost. <laughs> um, but uh, it's it definitely was... Uh, when I was playing it at the time, just just fun to jump in and play play a round or two and just have a laugh of just stupid shit. You could get a gun that shoots snakes at people and then the snakes eventually kill people. You'll get like a platforming section where lava would be falling from the sky and preventing you from getting weapons and then you're like trying to get around, trying to get around it before uh, your friends can so you can get that. Uh, people can hide in inconspicuous places and stop themselves from being killed. Uh, so then you have to try and make it your mission to still try and kill them, you know, without uh, letting the timer run out because you've got the gun and you've got the opportunity to get to get the kill. So you don't want to waste it because that's another point. Um, there's there's not much to it. It's it's just dumb fun, and that's what's important about it. Um, you know. That's all that really matters, I think, and that's all there that there is to say about stick fight. Uh, one of the like, actually, the one the one thing you may remember this game from, uh, maybe not you personally, Drew, but anybody that's listening, if you've ever watched Donkey Donkey, as in video game Donkey on YouTube before, he did a hilarious video on it with his friends, um, when it first came out, and uh, now it's sort of expanding platforms. So I'm glad to see it on Switch and for nine bucks, like, yeah, it's definitely a steal for, mm. you know, you, you definitely get a, a good five hours at least entertainment worth out of nine bucks. So, yeah, because Switch is like the platform. I'm, I'm always just like buying like cheaper games that are like just fun multiplayer things to jump through with friends because Switch is like the platform where I've got, you know, perfect for it. Too. Yeah, I've got like a few pro controllers, you know, Joy Cons that just gets handed out to everyone and you yeah. ro- rotate through with Smash Bros, Mario Kart and, when it goes to like you know the the indie type of um, multiplayer games, yeah. Um, so yeah, this might be something I pick up, especially for nine bucks. And, for nine bucks, I would, yeah. And like it's one of those things. So if you don't need it right now, just add it to your wish list, and you'll be on sale for like you know five bucks or something eventually too. Absolutely, yeah. But you can it just will be, yeah. but, but you can just like spend your play coins on and get yep. it for free essentially. I got fourteen dollars worth of play coins at the moment, <laughs> so I'm just like waiting to cash them in. I absolutely love that system. That is such an overlooked. Um, system that no other platform does except for Nintendo actually giving you sort of currency to build up as you're making purchases through the eShop and even through just like physical games. So if you're going, if you're buying physical games, remember to go to the menu on um, you know your your game card um, and select redeem for like the the My Nintendo coins because yeah. then you can redeem them for like free games online. That's right. Which yeah, is really cool. Yeah, something that's always forgotten. Yeah, it is. Need, need to do it. Yep. Yeah. So yeah. Anyway, Bryce, that brings us to the end of the House of Murray episode one hundred and eighty-one. How do you feel about this episode, my friend? Okay. Anything else you'd like to say? No, uh, no, I think I'm pretty good. Fe- pretty good. Yeah. All right, everybody. Thank you very much for listening to the House of Murray episode one hundred and eighty-one. If you enjoy the show, be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Much more like Grazy did. Five-star review. Really appreciate it. If you'd like to follow us on Twitter, you can follow myself at iDruby. You can follow the show at The House of Mario. And you can follow Bryce at IVRevan. If you would like to join our Discord community, feel free to go and have a look at those show notes. There's an invite just for you. 
to jump in there. Talk some Monster Hunter, talk some Pokemon, talk some Smash Bros, talk some Zelda, talk some Super Mario. Maybe we want to mourn over Mario's death. Maybe we want to do that. Who's Mario? I don't know. (laughs) I don't know who Mario is at the house, the house podcast we do here. Yeah, I don't know. Hmm. All right. Yeah, and a, a big a big thank you as well to those who uh, watched us here on twitch.tv slash Ruby. So what we're basically doing now is we're just like our, we're just doing like just streaming our recording session. It's not like we're not doing like a big live show or anything like that, but our sessions, we've got the camera hooked up. We may as well stream it as well. So a big thank you to Sean Capri and Robbie Bobby Miller for joining us here on twitch.tv slash Ruby. Really appreciate it. Hope you guys enjoy the show. Um Definitely yeah. stuck with us for a while, considering. Yeah, it did. Yeah. yeah, we did that. Actually, we didn't even talk about our Pokemon cards, but we didn't. But we, <laughs> we lied. At, I lied at the start of the show. We never talked about it. Oh, well, it's all right. It is, isn't it? Yeah, we I, would. We would talk about it a bit more, but I'm actually going to go. So. Yeah, you do. You do. Yeah. Four o'clock. Yes. Yeah. All right, Bryce. So Nintendo Jukebox this week is "Storm Is Coming" by uh, Glitch X City and It's E Vibo. Um, it's so, Vibo. It's E Vibo. So. Until next time, guys, the doors to the house of Mario are closed. We'll catch you later. Bye-bye. Oh, you know those times.